Round one was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids sipped. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines. Such a madness around here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to DDP Today, a show that's a little about us, a lot about Disney, and fun for the whole family. My name is Justin, and tonight I am joined by three of my buddies. I am so excited to see these smiling faces. A lot of cool cats and kittens out here that we're going to be hanging out with tonight. I'm starting with my buddy down at Walt Disney World. Mr. Dave, how are you, man? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Awesome. Yeah, no, I'm I'm wonderful. Life is good. Um, the parks have been weirdly slow. They have been I don't slow. Want to say I've been seeing it. pictures. Yeah. It's been weird. Yeah. Um, and which makes my days really smooth and, uh, the temperature is, we've lost that edge to it a little bit. It's still hot, but not face of the sun hot. And yeah, no, life is good. It's great. I've got over the next four weeks, I've got two gigs and a family vacation coming up. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got cruise so and everything. I got a lot yeah. going on. You got yeah. it made in the shade, as they would say in the 50s. Yes. Um, I absolutely love it. Well, I'm going to head over to here, pretty close to my neck of the woods. Mike, how are you, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I've been enjoying everybody's between my regular friends on Facebook and all of our Disney DR DDP families photos. It's been back to school time, and I think there's a good reason why the parks are a little bit slow because everyone's getting those back to school pictures out there. Um, this was our favorite time to go when we were up north because a lot of the southern schools are starting to go back, and a lot of people have finished up their vacations. So I think there's probably a reason why it's getting a little bit quiet around Disney World. I'm sure it'll pick up in a few weeks, but um, I, I had I was blessed tonight because uh, you know last year when we were up in New York. Sarah was away at college, and she was, you know, five hours away because she was away at college. Well, Sarah's away at college this year, but she's 15 minutes from the house. So we had a nice surprise. She popped in for dinner, and uh, it was good to see her. I haven't seen her in a few weeks. So it's nice to have that, you know, going away to college, having her be off on her own, but then still having your daughter close enough to just pop in for a 15-minute, you know, stop in, you know, being close by. So uh, I had a good day, and I was off today, and I've just been getting some stuff done around the house, and I'm excited to record tonight. Well, I love it. Well, ring-a-ding-ding, Mike, is what, that's what I say. Uh, I am super excited. But we also have a guest on tonight that is the fantastic, uh, my co-host over at Universal Unleashed, Mr. Dan Rossi. How are you, buddy? What is going on, Justin? I'm, I'm having a great night. Uh, you know, it's a great time of year. I told you earlier today, like, I'm, I'm a summer guy, but this time of year is great with, you know, kids going to school, Halloween's, you know, right around the corner, football getting ready to start. Uh, you know, work's been pretty good. Actually, I got a funny story about that. Uh, as, a, as ironic as it may sound, I am a fireman, as most people know, and last week our fire truck started on fire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> our fire truck started on fire. We got back from a call. We were just kind of chilling in, in the in our operations room, and uh, we, we smelled something, you know, thought something was burning. We're looking around, couldn't find anything. We look out onto our bay floor, and the whole bay floor is filled with smoke. We didn't know what was going on. We go out there. There was an electrical fire. There was, a, like, one of the electrical panels on, on the uh, on the tower ladder that I drive started on fire. We had to pull the thing out. 
We had to open up, actually, the door that it was, the fire was in, there was a gas can in there. Like, it could have been really bad if it happened in the middle of the night, but it was, uh, it was. Dan, Dan, I got a question. <laughs> is this like, is it like the ultimate, like, loss if you have to call another firehouse <laughs> to come and put yours out? We did. I feel like that. <laughs> we did. We called a couple of, you know, engines to come and put the fire out. Yeah. Thankfully, we were able to put it out in time before they okay. got there. But yeah, I mean. <laughs> You know, hey, it's always it's always an interesting day at the firehouse, that's for sure. You know what makes me nervous about this is the fact that he said, we smelled smoke and didn't know what was going on. a real boost of confidence. That really makes me confident in my, in my oh. local fire departments. Well, I tell you what, it's great to have you. And before we burn rubber and uh, head to the topic tonight, I am going to talk about something super important to all four of us sitting here. And that is starting today. As we record, it is September the 1st. And starting today, we have this absolutely incredible opportunity as a Disney family to come together to really make someone's uh, year, make someone smile. Um, DDP Today and the DDP Today Sorcerer's Running Team has paired with Give Kids the World to send a family to Walt Disney World. We have started on September 1st. Uh, a fundraiser with a goal of $5,000. That fundraiser will run all the way through December 31st, and it is with our runner, t our running team who will be running Marathon Weekend to earn money, uh, raise money to send a kid uh, and their family who, you know, the, the kid has a uh, critically ill illness going on to Disney uh, at no cost to them. They can go have seven days, get away from those, from those moments, uh, you know, hard moments they've been going through, and really just spend time together, create memories that will last a lifetime without any worry on the parents to have to, to come up with money after medical bills and travel expenses and such like that. We are so excited to do this. This is something that we've wanted to do for years. We've talked about it over and over again. And, uh, you know, we're at a point now with having so many amazing people as a part of this DDP family that we are able to now roll this out there. And so I have to thank uh, Matt Zurich, John Castano, Ankur Agarwal. They've, they've done a ton of work on this, getting this out and running. There will, all the details will already have been posted by the time you see this um, special episode, the one before this, talking about all the details. But we're really calling on you. Look, every single dollar helps, okay, getting to that 5000 Do I think we're going to hit 5000 100%. I think we're going to hit it early, and we're going to keep striving to 10000 to send two families, 15000 We're going to raise as much money as possible to change uh, the year, change the life of a little, uh, uh, you know, a child that is going through something that they shouldn't have to. So what I'm asking you to do is, look, donate whatever your heart tells you. But if you cannot donate, we understand. But share this. Share this link that will be posted right below this episode with everyone you know so we can raise money to send these kids to Disney. So um, I, I just I wanted to talk about that for a split second. Mike, this is something really, really uh, important to the four of us, and I couldn't be more excited that it's here, and now we're rolling this out over months of trying to get this put together. Yeah, you know, when we first started this, we never thought we'd be able to, you know, be able to put something together like this. And now that we've grown this family quite a bit, I feel like this is something we'll be able to accomplish. Um, you know, I said on, on the on the special episode that, you know, the little things that we do to help people brighten their day, um, this is an opportunity for our DDP family to brighten somebody else's day. You know, just even a small amount. You know, I, I, there's nothing more that I'm happy about hearing when someone says, hey, you know, I was having a bad day and you guys made me smile or, you know, it was a rough day at work a tough drive home and you know thanks for the thanks for the laugh you know thanks for a little bit of a good time uh, this is a way for our family to do what we do on a weekly basis or try to do on a weekly basis to help out also to really 
have a family go through, family is going through some of probably the worst time of their life to be able to have a good time and just kind of put it on the back burner and forget about it. And to be able to take part in that and take that little bit of enjoyment, I think is something really special. And I think that, um, like I said, even if you, even like you said, if you can't even, if you can't, if you can't donate, that's fine. Just share a link. Maybe somebody can. And every little dollar helps. Every little dollar matters. And um, I'm really looking forward to getting to that goal and, and seeing a family being able to really enjoy themselves and, and be able to put all their worries on the back burner for a short amount of time. Yeah, you know, Dave, it's one of those things, man, you see it in the parks all the time. You know, we'll see Make-A-Wish. Uh, you know Give Kids the World very, very well and, and the fantastic organization that it is there in Central Florida. 89-acre compound, you know, creating these memories for these kids that literally they need at that moment. Um, to you, you know, being in Central Florida and seeing it firsthand, how important does Give Kids the World play for these families to be able to go and, and be a part of, have that week of Disney without, not only the fan, you know, not only the kids, but the parents too, to have a week to have that moment with their children, to watch them smile after they've been through, you know, really hard, hard times. I mean, Give Kids the World is a Central Florida institution, and everybody here knows it, loves it. Um, I think the impact that Give Kids the World has was best illustrated uh, during COVID when it stopped being an option. Um, they had to shut down their operation, and uh, it was devastating to so many families, to so many little ones, to uh, to to Central Florida in general. Um, ha have you ever been out to their campus? I, I have not. I need to go and donate I've, some time. Yeah, I've yeah, I've been there a couple of times. Uh, I've done some events out there and uh, volunteered. I've DJed um, and done some fun things out there. I've had the opportunity to walk through there. Um, it's stunning. It's incredible what they do on a daily, weekly, and yearly basis. Uh, what they, the opportunities they provide, and just the incredibleness um, cannot be put into words. So they really are an amazing uh, foundation and uh, a group that do tremendous good for so many families every year. And uh, this is a great way of supporting them. Uh, it's Give Kids the World is now an iconic part of the greater Disney community. And as DDP today continues to grow into that uh, realm as well, uh, this is a great collaboration of the two. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, it's one of those things where we're going to make it really easy for you. There'll be one link. It'll be on every single show. It's on the Facebook groups. Um, of course, if you have any questions at all, don't hesitate to reach out to me, DisneyDadJustin at gmail.com. Um, and I will get you in contact with Matt Zurich, or I will answer the question if I can. And we will get it to where we can get your page set up as well, to where you can send your personal page out. And you can set your own personal goal to what you would like to raise to put towards this, this overall goal as a DDP family. Um, we're going to do this together. Uh, Dan, the one thing, you know, you've been a part of this since the very beginning, is we've seen this family do amazing things. We've seen them get behind people. Uh, during hard times, and it really speaks volumes to the quality of people that are in this group. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, just like looking at what you guys are doing is is it's absolutely amazing. I mean, I've been here from the start, and there are so many great people in this DDP family. Like your five thousand, and maybe this is just me talking, but I think your five thousand dollar goal is going to blown out of the water. There are so many good people in this group. I think you guys are really going to hit the mark and you guys are going to be able to help a lot of families. This is going to be awesome. 
I, I 100% agree. So uh, right now, right below, you can click that link, uh, go, you can make a donation, you can create your own page, it'll be affiliated with DDP Today and the DDP Today Sorcerers running team, and uh, let's help them uh, reach that goal of $5,000. The runners will be setting their own goals, and they'll be running all those miles to raise that money to put towards this. Let's send these kids to Disney at no cost to their family. It's something we will do as a family together, and I have complete faith um, in the DDP Today family because you are the best and most positive people uh, out there, and we appreciate you for that. So, with that said, though, look, we got some slurging to do, guys. Okay, <laughs> I am excited, and some people are going, "What has happened to Justin? He's speaking like he's from the 1950s." Listen, I'm in the 1950s because tonight, guys, we are doing a DDP today in depth of one of my favorite restaurants on Disney property. It is an experience and a meal all in one, and that is 50s Primetime Cafe. Guys, we are going to get into the uh, the building itself, the experience itself, and the menu. But first, let's just give our overall opinions on it. Dave, I'm coming to you. You see it almost every day. Where does 50s Primetime stand up on your Disney dining rotation? Um, Here's the thing. We've said it before that um, that there are some challenges that some restaurants uh, in Walt Disney World face where par- food served in the parks is not always of the highest caliber, the highest quality, um, and there are some restaurants that struggle to deliver um, even something adequate uh, in Walt Disney World. 50s Primetime is definitely not on that list. They uh, they do a great job uh, with the food. You know what you're getting. Um, it's an iconic part of your Disney's Disney Hollywood Studios experience. Uh, it's a whole lot of fun, and it's good cooking because Ma does a great job. Oh, my gosh. Ma does do a great job. We're heading into Ma's Kitchen. Mike, this is a staple for your family. This is one. I think if I was to say, really, what is one restaurant that kind of uh, you know, s- says in, in in a simple way, your dining experience taking the girls from a young age to Disney year by year by year. This is one of those those places. This is a staple for your family. Yeah, it's a must do on every trip for us. Whenever we're doing dining reservations, uh, it's Sarah's absolute favorite restaurant. It's been since she was a kid. She's always liked the whole atmosphere there. Uh, you know, we'll talk more in, in detail on it during the show. But um, to me, I consider it the. Jungle Cruise of restaurants because it's not a it's not a uh, it's not a jungle food kind of cruise, but it's just one of those jungle cruise kind of experiences, and and that's one of my favorite things about it. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that as for people that haven't been to the restaurant yet that want to get a good idea of you know what they're getting themselves into. Uh, it's it's good. It's a lot of fun, and um, it's one of our number one restaurants to go to. I think Mike needs to uh, trademark that phrase that right awesome. now. The, the, the jungle cruise of restaurants. Because that, <laughs> it, it makes right total sense. Yeah. You know that? The, yep. Heard it, went done. That's it. Here's what I love about Mike Mike, he will, he, he's, he is that guy that you'll, you know, he'll step to the plate and all of a sudden it's just a grand slam. Whenever he's like, you know, one-handed hitting the bat, you're thinking this guy—he's got one hand. He's not gonna, you know what I mean? He's not, and all of a sudden, he just nails it, and it's gone. The the leather's flying off the ball. It was fan, dude. Mike, you kidding me? That's a all right, can we just end the show now? That's that's perfect. It's the perfect explanation of Fifties Primetime Cafe. Uh, really, really well done, buddy. Um, yeah, look, Dan, it's one of those things where the what the thing Disney does that's different than everywhere else. Um, you know, you can go to theme parks, you can go to amusement parks. Disney tells a story with everything they do. And with 50s Primetime, it's one of the best stories that we get from any restaurant on Disney property. 
Yeah, now how am I supposed to follow Mike after that? I mean, give me a break, right? <laughs> no, but no, but like you like like Dave said, the food is actually really good. But I think that the biggest part of that restaurant is the atmosphere there. The atmosphere and the cast members is really what makes that restaurant what it is. I mean, to be honest with you, every time I go to Disney, it's usually in the summertime. So this this food is more of a I don't know. It's kind of like a, a home cooking type of place that's not great in the Midwest and in, in, you know in the heat of the summer. But every time we go to Disney, we're always going to prime time because we just love the atmosphere. We love the cast members there, and it's just a great time. You know, it's funny too. Whenever you enter this restaurant, it's a bit hectic in the living room. Um, you know, Mike. The cool part about this whole thing is that you are not just sitting in a lobby. Like you're sitting in the living room of a house in the fifties. Now look. This for me, I grew up, I was born in 1983, okay? Even with being born in the early 80s, I was able to remember my grandmother's house Mm -hmm. as a child. And this was the same type of decoration she still had, was was this type of stuff. You know, had the couch kind of like that, still had the smaller TV. You know, uh, it was, it was a, a, for me, this is kind of a, a transcendental moment where I can go back to my grandmother's house when I was a boy, um, you know, you grew up in the late 70s. I'm sure you had that same moment. Like, this is like walking into your grandmother's living room and, and seeing that stuff. Uh, well, I was born in early 70s. So as actually some I'll of give my... give it to you, man. You know. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. Listen, it was my birthday last week. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I cherish my age. It's not, a, you know, it's not a number. It's an experience. It's not a burden, man. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's good. Yeah. So uh, I actually have, I, I, I have childhood memories of some of my friends' parents having their kitchens decorated like that because, you know, if you decorate it from the 50s and then, you know, you hit the, uh, you know, every few years you decorate. But, you know, some people, they keep the decorations up for a while if they like it. But certain things there remind me of some of my friends' childhood homes, some of their, uh, yes, my grandparents as well, too. And I'd even say my mom probably had a few of those things. Things hanging in the kitchen and some of that kind of decor and stuff because uh, you know we didn't grow up with a lot of money we we, we grew up kind of a, a poor family and, and you know growing up in the city and uh, a lot of this stuff was left over for many years we didn't update the house like we like we do now uh, nowadays or you know make additions and stuff so yeah a lot of that stuff was definitely a part of my childhood yeah it, it really is something special for those of you that don't know uh, 50s primetime cafe sits right at the uh, kind of start in the heart of uh, hollywood studios there david's whenever you walk in the one thing I love about this restaurant, it's not like eating, let's say I want to uh, park hop and I want to eat at Tapanito, and now I have to venture, you know, uh, almost two miles back to Tapanito. This is a very, very, especially with the Skyliner Gondola, it's very easy for a family to say, hey, I'm in Epcot, but I want to park hop, I'm going to go eat, and then I can even go back to Epcot for, uh, you know, for fireworks because it's that easy of a, of a trip and it's that close to the front. As far as location and where it is in the park, you know, I think it gets a lot of play and it's that popular because everyone passes it whenever they're heading to Galaxy's Edge. Like, everyone walks past this spot. I I mean, it's really well-placed if you, if you think about it because most food in the three other theme parks is not located anywhere near the front gate. Mm-hmm. Magic Kingdom, you've got to walk all the way down Main Street, USA, and then your first option really is Crystal Palace or mm-hmm. Casey's Corner. Um Epcot, you're Good yeah, luck. you're hauling all the way into to get to any of our major restaurants in particular. Um, Coral Reef is in there, but we all know that I'm not a huge fan of Who that, so we'll there. keep going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and then, um, and I mean, 
Animal Kingdom has rainforest literally at the gate, but that's not even an actual Disney-operated restaurant. So, um, so yeah, so like for, to be as close to that entrance location and and then because of the smallness of uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios, like you're also central to all of the activity. It's right there. Uh, right on that corner of Hollywood and Vine, located next to the restaurant of that name, and um, well-placed for uh, anybody coming, going, or spending the entire day in that park. It's it's wonderful. You know, it's one of those things too, Dave, where it's, it's look, at 60 days, you really need to be online getting these dining reservations because sci-fi and 50s are both kind of staples for a lot of families. No, no, you don't. No, you don't need to be online getting these reservations. What you need is a travel agent oh, there to you do go. it for you. <laughs> <laughs> like you, as a person, don't Look at need that to plug. be online. Man, I'll tell you what. Just, you got I'll, your check. I'll I see you in the mail. In <laughs> okay. yeah. um, it didn't bounce this month, so I thought I'd wrap <laughs> Good deal. That's, that's, that's solid stuff. Well, I'm glad that it cleared. It's, it's been six months, but finally we got one Good. to go. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah um, man. It's, but you're right. You're right. It needs, it needs to be a priority like Mike makes it in his family and um, and it needs to be it needs to be booked well in advance and know that it's going to be there they they have an occasional opportunity for maybe some walk up but mm-hmm. let's be honest walk up in Disney World means you're still going to be waiting half an hour maybe even longer to get seated and you don't want to be rolling that dice well and the one thing too uh, Dan is that we the one thing I like about this restaurant is you can walk in and you can go to Granddad's Liquor Cabinet. You can go to the bar. You can get you know their drinks. But it's a full service at the bar. Now, there's a couple restaurants around Disney property that have full service at the bar. Do I think this is one of the better ones? I don't because it is one of the busiest and most hectic um, lobby areas, I would say, just because of sheer size decoration, location, and also there's not a lot of places in Hollywood Studios you can go and have a full bar option to go grab drinks on the go. Yeah, and like the bar there is basically right next to the to the waiting area in, in, in what they call Dad's living room. But I thought in that bar area, can't you sit at the bar and can't you order off the 50s primetime menu as well if you're sitting at the you bar? You can. You got full service. Yeah. Yep, yeah. full service. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's, is, do you want to sit and have the constant, like, if it's me and Katie, that's fine. Like, that's our staple. Look, let's give a little tip, okay? It's just four of us. If you're on an adult trip, Dave, you'll back me up on this. If it's just you and your friend, your spouse, your significant other, go to any of the full service bars and you will not need a reservation yeah. 99% of the time. Yeah, if you're happy to sit at the bar, that's the way to do it. Like, you don't need to... There's a bunch of restaurants that'll give you that opportunity. You still get the full menu. You can walk into Nomad Lounge and get some Tiffins. You can mm-hmm. go to the bar here at 50s Primetime. There's options all over all over Walt Disney World like that. You've just got to be... Yeah, but nobody wants to be sitting at a bar with, like, two small ones. No. Exactly, that's the thing, you know? Yeah. So it's... it's look. Topolinos, you can go bar service, full bar service. Nice. You can go Cali Grill, uh, full California bar, full, Grill. Yeah, yeah, all those, like all those top end stuff. If, as long as you ask, they will seat you at the bar. So make sure to ask at that. This one for me though falls on that lower side, Dan, because I just don't know. You know, I guess it's kind of fun that it's hectic. It's almost like Christmas, you know, at the grandparents because it's really a lot of people going on. Um, but look, the one thing that I know is that all four of us. After a long day in Disney, we all have kids. We all enjoy a nice beverage. 
And Mike, it's one of those things where this may be the best option for drinks at Hollywood Studios. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, the other place is not bad for drinks, but this definitely blows it out of the water. Is the base as the uh, ta- what is that baseline? The uh, the tap baseline house? tap house. Yeah, yeah it, it's okay. But this has I don't know. Maybe it's just because because of the way they call it, like Dad's liquor cabinet. It brings me back memories of me, you know, sneaking into my Dad's liquor cabinet, taking out a drink, or you know, being you know a, a bad kid, or I don't know. It's just got that family feel to it. I like this place. I think, like you said, I think it's the best place on. In Hollywood studios to go for a drink, and especially whether it's an after-drink cocktail, you know, if it's, if you're doing one of those kind of things, or if you're gonna go, you know, if you're gonna have a cocktail before, you know, if you're waiting for your table, or if you got a little bit while, if you're gonna roll the dice and go for the, you know, wait, or or you're gonna, like you said, have your service at the bar. I think it's favorite. I like getting a drink there all the time. It's one of my favorite. I don't tend to do an after-dinner drink. I usually like to end that with a shake, but I'm gonna do the before-dinner drink, and I always get a cocktail there. And if it's a quick wait, like if you know we had reservations and we get it, I'll grab something. From the bar because it's usually even with reservations it's a good 10 or 15 minutes before they seat you i'll grab something from there bring it to my table and then i'll cash out at the table um i love the storylines of some of these drinks too you know it's when i look at it like the maui wowie it's mm-hmm. a dad brought this drink back from the pacific meaning he served in the war uh parrot bay coconut rum melon liqueur peach schnapps orange juice pineapple juice on a hot day that's super refreshing um, Dan, if you were to look over the menu, what's one of your favorite drinks, something you've maybe tried? I know the Dad's Electric Lemonade I've had before, kind of a little bit sweet. So what's something that you get whenever you go? Because, yeah. you look, you have three boys, okay? <laughs> By the time you get to 2 p.m., you need a beverage. I know. I, I love your boys, but, you know, I know where you're at. Right. Well, you know, I've, I've had the Electric Lemonade, and I've had the Magical Beacon Cocktail. Uh, both of them are kind of a little bit on the sweet side. I, I'm more for the... Like something more like bourbony, like just a little, a little drier. But uh, those are actually two that I always order when I'm there. Well, here's the nice part: is if Dave takes Melanie in, he can order the Godiva chocolate martini for her, <laughs> and then drink it himself. And, sh- and drink it himself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and they're good to go. But here's the best part, Dave: is it's a full bar, so you don't have to order what's off the menu. Like if you have something you enjoy, they can make a dirty martini. They can make that kind. Of, you just don't get that. I, all right, so let's think about it. Okay. Taking away restaurants that are in resorts. Let's think about on Walt Disney World property in parks. What? Where can I walk up? Obviously, throw Magic Kingdom out. It's already done. Where can I walk up and have a full service bar inside of Hollywood Studios, uh, um, Animal Kingdom, and um, and uh, Epcot? Now, everybody's going to go to Epcot first. I'm actually going to, uh, outside of 50s Prime Time. I'm going to go to Tiffin's and I'm going to go over to Nomad Lounge. That's probably uh, Nomad Lounge j- jumped to mind immediately. Also, uh, Brown Derby. Brown Derby, Brown yeah. Derby would be the second. Brown yep. Derby. Um, but that's a weird one though because the bar is not really a full bar because you have to go to the outside one, and they have limited limited stuff there. They don't have a sit down bar right. in Brown Derby. Yeah, all right, I'll give you that. Can you order yeah. off the menu at Brown Derby? You cannot. At, at the outside area? I, I don't believe so. Can. I think you can only order what they have there. Like if like you would have to use the liquors they have there. So if I walked up and wanted a specialty drink, oh, yeah. you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I, I was also jumping to food. Sorry. Um... I don't know where else. I'm trying to go through Hollywood Studios now. Think about I don't Epcot. Think Everyone any... thinks Epcot and thinks and thinks alcohol. Mike, is there anywhere in Epcot come to mind? 
no, I mean, La Cava kind of with Mexico, but that's kind it's of... It's not a full bar, though. Yeah. No, no, it's kind of a specialty bar. Um, does, does, uh, I'm, just, I'm just running through my head in Hollywood Studios. Does Mama Melrose have a full bar? No. I don't think Mm-mm. so. I've no. only eaten there. I've never really had, like, You and I ate there one time. Yeah, yeah, I've eaten there a couple of times. I, and I've, it's always been just a meal thing, never just, a, you know, like yeah. a drink thing. But um, I'm trying to think of Epcot. No, I, I, I literally think, I think we've got three pretty much with Nomad, Brown Derby somewhat, um, and then here. So maybe two that you get yeah. a complete full bar. Yeah. That's pretty unique wow. on Disney property, if you think about yeah. it. Yeah. That this place will do that. Um, and so that makes it to where you can go and, and kind of experience anything you want. Mike, they have a Fireball cocktail, Fireball cinnamon whiskey, and a rum shot of cream liqueur. That is right up your alley, buddy. That is. That is. Uh, my favorite one actually there, which I've had multiple times and I continue to get whenever I go, is the Long Island iced tea. No surprise. Um, that is definitely right up my alley as well. And not knowing that I was from Long Island, um, I had one of the... Uh, one of the cast members there recommend that to me, you know, asking what I liked. And I don't know, maybe maybe it was the accent. You said you have to get a Long Island iced tea, but uh, but that's my usual go-to when I go there. Uh, that's my favorite one. I've tried a couple of the other ones, but it always goes back to what you like, and it's usually the Long Island iced tea. Well, let's talk a little bit about, you, know, you do have, you know, of course, uh, wines, beers, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff, champagne. Um, but also, look, they have stuff for the kids as well. If you do not drink or if you just... Um, you know, the kids want something a little different. You do have some non-alcoholic specialty drinks. Riley always gets the iridescent sip, uh, separation, this last uh, uh, sip abrasion, this last uh, about six, seven months that we've been down there. They have a pomegranate lemonade. Um, they, of course, have a root beer or Coke float. The, now, here's the thing. I want to talk about milkshakes because, guys, this is kind of what makes 50s primetime Dave is singing my milkshake brings up the voice. I can see it. That's 100. <laughs> was that what you were singing? I knew he <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. I could see it in his mind. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, the peanut butter and jelly milkshake, along with uh, a couple other. Of course, they have chocolate, vanilla, strawberry milkshakes. Guys, I was there not too long ago. They have stopped doing to-go milkshakes. They have. Really? They have now. Now, now here's the thing. They haven't actually like taken them away completely. They're just no longer available at that location. They've moved to the location where you get them, and you now have to go to that like boat that's on the water. Yes. Um, just a, a little bit around the corner from it, uh, near the Hyperion, uh, where Frozen uh, where the ice cream happens. Is. Yep. Yeah. So um, you, they've now centralized it uh, out of that location instead. Dave, let me tell you how I found this out, okay? I was standing in line to get a drink, and a VIP tour guide walked in trying to get milkshakes for his guests, and they said, we can't do it. And even for a VIP tour guide, they would not do it at that point. Well, that's just a reflection on the VIP tour guide that didn't know <laughs> where they're being sold. And, um, now, now, here's the thing. This has been a couple months gonna ago. just going to throw some shade. Yeah. I don't know who my this peer is, was that <laughs> obviously hadn't done their research. Hopefully they don't listen to the show. <laughs> I'm sitting wow. at the bar, and I'm just looking like, this wouldn't happen if you had Dave. Those people would be enjoying a peanut butter and jelly milkshake right now. Um, before we get into the, to the actual menu itself, guys, let's talk about the experience, because I think that's what brings people back. Time after time after time after time um, is the experience you get. You know, Mike, when you enter the, we talked about when you enter the the restaurant itself and you're sitting in the, you know, dad's living room and the TV is playing. It's the old school TV, black and white, old Mary Tyler Moore and all those episodes playing kind of on a loop. 
Uh, but then whenever you get set at your table, you know, there's lots of different table arrangements you can get. Some of them are at a TV. Some of them you're in the kitchen. Uh, you know, the, the, you're surrounded by 50s nostalgia everywhere you look. Um, and the experience itself, even before we ever meet our server, who we're going to absolutely just shine a light on because they are what make this restaurant everything. The decorations themselves, how big of a role does it play for your family when you go that it puts you in that mood to play along? Because here's the thing. With this restaurant, like most things with Disney, you're a part of the story now. And now you're surrounded by all this. And it's look, it's like anytime you're in a play, once you get into costume, when you put me in costume at Halloween, like this past year, I became a Sanderson sister. I put my dress on <laughs> and I was ready to roll. I was grabbing my uh, my my vacuum and I was trying to fly <laughs> with it. It was ridiculous. Um, Mike, how important is the decoration to you to the story? Well, theming is everything, and the decorations are the details, and that's what really brings it out. You know, if if you if you walked into Galaxy's Edge and it was just brick and mortar buildings with no Millennium Falcon to you know have a, had to really focus on, then it would take you out of that imagination moment you know when you can kind of transport yourself back when you're sitting in that living room to either pretending you were from that era or bringing back childhood memories uh my kids love to look at all the other decorations and all the old stuff so i think it's a, a huge part of that that really helps you get in the mood because they play along i mean you're like you said you're part of a story and they really want you to uh envelop you become part of that story uh you know simple things like they're not even servers or cast members when you're there they're your your cousins you know they're all, you're all family to them which is a huge part of playing the role of being part of the experience of the restaurant part dave i want to ask you i'm very very kind of inquisitive about this dan and mike um both born in the 70s i'm born in the 80s am i right dan yeah yeah, you right. <laughs> Wow. Outing both of them in one episode. Do you right. want to give us your whole birthday right now? Wow. Okay. Here's the thing, okay? <laughs> you can see it in the eyes, okay? It's like a doll's yeah, eyes. Right. Um, the, uh, what, whenever you look at this, you know, it's supposed to represent the 1950s Americana. Does mm. this have the same impact on you who grew up in Australia as it does us who grew up in America with our grandparents having decorations like this? Um, yes. So, like, I remember my grandma still having uh, very, very, maybe closer to, like, 60s-ish decorations, but still out of date uh, decor uh, like yeah. decor in the house um, and um, and my my grandma um, she yeah there was just like this this room that you didn't touch and then terrible linoleum that needed to like burn like it was about the only <laughs> way that Dan. it was going to it's die fire right? it's, on. <laughs> it's on fire whoa 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 <laughs> they're, they're only one engine down they're still fine okay they're doing great um but like yeah no I there are some elements of that there's also but I love that you don't necessarily have to have lived through this era to be able to get it because like if you've watched some I Love Lu Lucy episodes or some TV shows from back in those days they're already playing on the TV as you walk in and they give you that vibe they sit you down um, and and here's what I love alright is you mentioned before we meet the server alright out of the gate 
Um, your their what what's their title? I'm trying to think. They're, they're the seater. Yes, uh, is the person that gets your little ticket and leads your family and gets you set up while that server is like wrapping up a, a one another table or doing their job. Your seater gets you there, and the seater out of the gate, like the you walk into any other restaurant in Disney World and like the they've cleared off the table and it's being set for your party to arrive. You walk into 50s primetime and it's just a table sitting in front of you. And your cedar slaps the silverware on the table and goes, set it. <laughs> and walks away. <laughs> like you're getting this like this treatment right from the beginning. You're you're part of the family and you're you're required to contribute. You know what's funny, man? And it's, I love it. It's, it's almost like a very, very, very nice, polite Dick's Last Resort. Where they're, yeah. You know what I mean? Where they're a little bit I've kind of like, like snarky with I, you in a family way. They like, teased me something chronic at that place. All right, yeah. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> I bet they did. We can talk about that on Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> um, I they, still remember what my hat says. <laughs> I can only say it on Patreon. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it's, it's one of those places where you go in and from the from the that's what I was saying earlier like from the very beginning when you enter this restaurant you're a part of this story like they you're in it and and you're all all for it now I want to talk I want I'm going to pose a question to you guys and the DDP family right now before we start to talk about I think the most important part of this entire experience and that is our server okay that is our cousin that's the person taking care of us okay is, and I don't want your answer. I want you to save it until after we have this conversation. Is 50s primetime a character dining experience? Okay. I know. Is it a character dining experience? And then we'll talk about it after we discuss the role that these people play. Okay. Dan, I walk into any other restaurant on Walt Disney World property. Okay where Mickey and his friends are not there, but any other restaurant. I get a server that can tell me the menu, they can recommend, they can you know, point me in the right direction of what I might enjoy, what they sell the most, find a great wine for, for me, uh, that kind of thing. When I walk into 50's Primetime and my server walks up to me, I'm instantly greeted as, this, as if I'm not only part of the family, as if I am, um, I've been, you know, part of the family for 20 years and we've actually been arguing about the fact that I'm on my phone all the time or you know she doesn't know what a phone is get that out of here get your elbows off the table how important does this server play a role in the experience that is 50s primetime I mean I think that is the that's the most important part I mean I I'm sure at any Disney uh, experience you can experience a, a cast member that maybe not be you know 100% on board with everything that you're trying to do. So I suppose there's a time you could get a, a cast member that may not be the best for 50s primetime. Now, when we first went here, I know you mentioned Dick's Last Resort. We have a we have a restaurant out here in Chicago called Ed DeBevix. Ed DeBevix. Yep. I've it's, been. Yes. It's, and now it actually closed, and then I think they reopened last year. They finally restarted it. And it is it is it mirrors 50s primetime cafe, mm-hmm. except it is... It is a hundred times more vulgar and rude. Where like it's a hot dog spot, if I remember right. Yeah, it's like hot dog burgers. It's a fifties diner where you can get burgers and 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 dogs and stuff like that. Except the servers there, while they may tell you to get your elbows off the table, they are going to be completely rude 
uh, all the time to you and very short where, you know, anytime I'm, you know, talking to clients about going to 50s primetime now, I, you know, they all know Endebevix. Now I, I will describe it as Endebevix, but kind of Disney style where they're, they're kind of, they're Disney rude. They're not 100% Chicago or New York rude. They're Disney rude. And like I said, that's what really makes the experience, you know, great. Something memorable when they're telling you to get your elbows off the table, put your phone away, eat your vegetables, stuff like that is, you know, it's just fun. Can we get hashtag Disney rude? That's true. Right. <laughs> I'll a, make a shirt. Yeah. yeah. Can I'll I make get it. a shirt? Yes. Is, yeah. I love it. You know, hashtag Disney rude. It's, it's, one, <laughs> it's one of those things, Mike, where I want to hear some of your stories because, listen, I have now watched your girls grow up. You know, uh, we've been friends for five years. You know, not like friends, we've been brothers. I mean, we talk all the time, you know, and through ups, downs, lefts, rights throughout life. You know what I mean? I want to hear about Sarah and Sammy sitting at the table at 50s prime time without the phone, you know, no, no elbows on table. I want to hear your experience because this is what it's all about. Well, I think one of their favorite experiences was at my expense because, um, you know, I, I do eat vegetables. I'm, you know, I'm a vegetable eater, but I'm not particularly crazy about green beans. I just, something about it, maybe it's the texture, maybe they're a little hairy to me. I don't know. I'm not a green hairy. bean eater. Yeah, I don't know. They, what kind of green, green beans, beans are you eating? eating? Yeah, I don't know. It's got like that fuzz on them, you know? I don't know. It's, uh, I'm not a green bean. No, I don't know. I don't either. I'm worried about you now. <laughs> maybe it's just in my head. Maybe I've, maybe I've psychosomatically made it disgusting in my head. But anyway, so I'm not a green bean eater. Let's get to the meat of the story, okay? So, um, um, I know that they're very strict about you finishing everything on your plate, okay? So I knew that if I left my green beans, I was going to be put on the spot. I was going to be you know, yelled at. I was going to be forced to eat them. So I did the old sneakeroo, and I stuffed my green beans into my napkin. Well, when the <laughs> server came to take the napkins out, the green beans happened to fall out, and oh boy, did I get in trouble. Not only was it... I mean... Thankfully, it was me, and you know I'm a very good-hearted person because I could see how somebody who maybe didn't know what this experience was going into this might have felt, you know, put on the spot. But also, they wouldn't be hiding their green beans in their napkin. Obviously, it's supposed to be on the, you know, and it wasn't like I chewed them up and spit them out. I just kind of, you know, hid them in the napkin. And um, uh, you know, that's what I have the dog in the house for here. Everybody gets fed under the table. But um, but yeah, no. So I I was put on the spot. I was made to, uh, I think, sing a song, and uh, they they brought the entire restaurant to a a little teapot. Yes, and uh, I was I was put on the spot, and um, yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't it was fun at my fun at my expense for my children. It was one of the funniest things because uh, it's one of those when you're on vacation you want to let go. I mean, when I normally do that, am I normally that kind of outgoing and open? But you know, when you're on vacation, you kind of got to let it loose because you're there to have a good time, and um, that's probably one of the the funniest things that I've ever done um, there. You know, I've been the guy at the laugh. You know, I've been the uh, that guy. You know, at Monsters Laugh that Floor. Guy. And, the dancing guy so i've 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 had to do my fair share of you know of being you know making a fool of myself but that was definitely one of the biggest fools of myself and you know i'm not a big attention person so um that was one of my one of my favorite stories from 50s prime time i love it see that's what i'm talking about that's the kind of stuff i love um i'm still worried about your hairy green beans but we'll <laughs> talk about that on a different a different time uh dave i want to get to the actual cast member playing this role because that's yeah. what it is it is a cast member playing a role the same as a cast member would play a role in Indiana Jones, stage show, like all that kind of stuff. They're playing a role. And I think they're asked more of, you know, uh, the, the, Disney asks more of them than they, they do a lot of the servers around Disney property because they're creating this experience. 
I don't know if you know any of the servers personally, if you've known any servers personally over the years, ever got to know them. But you have to think, man, as a Disney cast member, this has to be one of those roles and spots that if you love what you do, that you want to be at 50s primetime. You want to be, you know, a server that's being able to interact. For me, who worked food and bev for so long, I would love being able to create memories for families like Mike's, you know, to embarrass Mike and yeah. to have fun with him and to interact. It's got to be one of those roles on the Disney depth chart, per se, since football's starting back tonight, that it would be, you know, way up there for someone if they're wanting that server position. And I mean, conversely, it might also be way down there for somebody who is not that way inclined, who just wants to show up, clock in, uh, serve food, put it in front of somebody, go back to the kitchen. Yeah. Like, if that if that's what you're there to do, sure. Um, we've got options for that. But yeah, I this is truly one of those jobs that you're going to get out of it what you put into it. Like you're like the more they commit to it. And we've probably all been in there when there was a server who wasn't as heavily invested in uh, in the experience. And it totally changes the experience. Um, While we're talking about server, I've uh, two quick stories come to mind. Um, I I remember vividly when it was because it was about oh you know five days before the whole thing shut down. Uh, So early March of 2020, I was on tour and I took a family in and um, and their kids had been getting grief about cell phone usage and there was a bunch of teenagers there was like six or seven teenagers in this group i think they'd brought some friends with them it was a whole shebang and they were they were on their phone and then they were trying to sneak being on their phone and it was not ending well for them and they were getting caught and um the the server was giving them grief but having a great time with it and all of this and then she came back in the middle of it and they were filming a TikTok, one of these dances and they'd been messing around with and all of this. And she goes, she goes, what are you doing? And they were like, well, it's a TikTok. And we were, and she goes, I know what it is, but that looked terrible. <laughs> and they were like, well, do you want to show us how to do it? And she goes, she stops, she looks at him and she goes, I've got a 15-year-old. I know that dance move inside out, back to front, and around the other way. And they all just went... And, like, their mouths dropped open, and she goes, let's go. And they went, well, can we rehearse? And she goes, I don't need to rehearse, do you? And they went, um, no. And she, like, totally flipped this whole situation. She stood in the middle of the dining room and and performed a TikTok dance with these teenagers. It was one of my favorite experiences as a tour guide. I was sitting there dying laughing, absolutely blown away. That like it, she could have just continued the same narrative that she had yeah. up until that point, telling them to put their phone away, getting them in trouble, making them stand in the corner and put their nose on the wall, whatever it was she wanted to do. She And then she totally took it, flipped it, and made them pay and they've got this TikTok on their on their feed of them dancing with the waitress at 50s primetime. See, that's so, what it's all about, man. It's amazing. It's amazing. There's one other quick story that I have uh, with regard to the server uh, where I had um, a family and this was uh, and 
they were from a different country and they were uh, a well well respected family um, coming out of a Middle Eastern country and they'd read on a blog or something that they should eat here that it was great food good American food they were very excited for this and um, and so I actually went in early and found who was going to be their server where they were going to be sitting and I was like hey Definitely don't want to impinge upon what you do because what you do is amazing. Wanted to let you know, the kids probably aren't very used to being told what to do <laughs> in this particular group. And she goes, okay. And I was like, I'm going to give you that information and let you decide how you would like to approach the dining experience. But um ordering them to do things has not worked very well for the tour guides involved so yeah we'll we'll work within those parameters and she goes noted thank you very much for the heads up and but yeah just uh, but i love the way they get involved the way they want to be part of that experience they are an iconic piece of this puzzle that is um 50s prime time yeah it's one of those things too i mean look the when they are in costume, the one of the th it it's completely puts you in that space. The way they approach you completely puts you into the story. You're surrounded by the um, you know the decorations, and and you're sitting inside of a 1950s kitchen or living room or, or uh, dining room, and you're watching 1950s TV shows on the TVs. So I come back to you guys with this question: after we've discussed what they do, okay? and how they play a role. Dan, is it a character dining experience when you dine at 50s Primetime? When I think of character dining at Disney, I think of a Disney character. So this, for me, this isn't a character dining. I mean, like you said before, you know, these, the, the cast members make the experience at, at, at this restaurant. I mean, whether it's, you know, just like Jungle Cruise, we've been on Jungle Cruises together where, you know, the skipper was just okay you know and it and, and that makes the experience so like you know you could have a great cast member you could add one that's just okay and it's going to make the experience for you but i don't i still don't consider it character dining because when it comes to character dining it has to be it has to be disney okay that's one for no dave is this a character right. dining experience now that so i pose the, the same question token. to you no i love it i'm ready i've got my answer you all ready right. so dan to your point We've also all possibly eaten at uh, the Crystal Palace. Yes. Uh, where Tigger wasn't bouncing quite so much. <laughs> um, so, so it might be that we need these iconic characters to make it a, a character dining experience. But, like, you can it, it still have a, a not quite so high-level experience even within those parameters. Um here becomes my question to that. And we've got, um, they're not around at the moment, but uh, Citizens of Hollywood. There you go. That's where I'm going um, at. Do they, do they count as a Disney character and a Disney character experience? They're equity performers. Uh, I, by that criteria, I'm leaning towards Justin's uh, implication that this might potentially count 
as nearly a character of dining experience. <laughs> like, uh, like I, I see where he's going, and I'm, I'm tempted to lean into it. Like, I get, I, I also 100% still also agree with Dan. I know what he's saying as well. But like, like, Justin dangled this carrot, and I'm kind of like, yeah. I could, Is it a character? More he da- it, no, he dangled a green bean. Sorry. It's <laughs> a hairy one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those hairy green beans. And I'm ready to bite it. I, I think this might count as some kind of Disney character dining experience. Okay, so let me go I'm, with you. I'm happy to get on this boat. Let me give you this, okay? So if I said... Um, that Indiana Jones is going to have a dining experience that you can go and you can sit and Indiana Jones is going to come around and a couple of the other uh, actors are going to come around. Is that a Disney character dining experience? Everyone's going to say, yes, of course it is because it's a character, right? I say, yes, they are playing a character. They are not just your server. They are playing a Disney character at a Disney restaurant inside of a Disney park and this makes this a Disney dining, uh, character dining Forms experience. Forms a decent argument, doesn't he? Uh, Mike, right. coming to you. Mike, break the tie. I am saying no, it's not a Disney <sighs> And I'm going to say because <laughs> because when you say Disney character, like Dan said, it's someone that's recognizable as a Disney character, whether it be an animated character, whether it be somebody from a movie, whether it be whatever it was. Sue, who brings me my meatloaf, who might be very good at what she does, is not a Disney character, okay? Because then where do you draw the line? Do you say that the, that the waitress, the cast members at Whispering Canyon are, 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 are a character experience? Or the bartender at, uh, you know, at um, Trader Sam's? So, you know, right. that, okay. you, you're getting that fine line where, yes, they're playing a role. Yes, they are bringing you to an experience, <laughs> but they're not your Disney characters. Right. This, is, a, this they, is more of a cast member dining experience. Uh, here yes. we go. Dave, yes. I, have a new, I have a new shirt. Sue, where's the meatloaf? <laughs> <laughs> we want it. The meatloaf. We want the meatloaf. What is she doing? Sue. <laughs> I never know what she's doing back there. That's the that's the new DDP shirt coming um, coming to also, you very soon. I love I love that I love that Mike knows the name of his favorite server. I love that. <laughs> so. All right, um, guys, really quickly, look. You can get online, and we are not a show that's going to sit here and go step-by-step through a menu with you. You're smart. You can get online at DisneyWorld.com and look at the menu. But I do want to talk about some of our favorite things and what we kind of order as we go about. Um, Dan, whenever you go, what's kind of your go-to? I mean, look, as far as appetizers, if you're looking at it, um, there's there's a bunch of good ones. I typically skip uh, appetizers here. One, they have deviled eggs. Bleh. Uh, de- <laughs> deviled eggs are the worst things ever made. Um, but do you ever enjoy any of the appetizers? No, I'm not really an appetizer guy, but I I, I do love me some beer battered onion rings, and those always are those always hit the spot. But for the most part, usually appetizers are out. It's like, hey, let's just get right to the meat. Mike, I can see you doing the fried herb and garlic cheese. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I, this place, I don't do appetizers because I know this is one of those places that the portions are big, you know, and you get a nice sized meal. So uh, this tends to be one of those places. There are certain restaurants I know where you're getting a good quality food, but the portion might not be there to fill you up, especially if, it's, if you're very hungry. So this tends to be a pretty big portion place. And then I usually have to finish it off with a milkshake. So, and I like to enjoy that milkshake. So I do not get the uh, appetizers here. That's a, that's a skip for me when it comes to appetizers. Dave, if you're ordering entree here, uh, lots of great stuff on the menu. What are you going with? 
Okay, so you know this about me. I'm sometimes a little indecisive. <laughs> uh, uh, some... Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're actually uh, in my phone. Indecisive Dave whenever it comes up. Uh, okay, so it's cool. Good. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah. Love it. Um, I'm going to go... I, I generally go with uh, the... The sampling from Mom's the trio. Uh, favorite recipes. The trio, like I get a little bit of everything. Uh, you get Sue's meatloaf. Um, <laughs> you get um, the pot roast, and but that golden fried chicken. Uh, what is it? Aunt Liz's fried chicken. Whew, that is that is good. I once was so hungry, I bit into it too fast and I burned the roof of my mouth <laughs> and it was still totally worth it. I have a vivid memory of burning my mouth on Aunt Liz's fried chicken. Uh, this is one of those places too where if I'm telling a family who's on a budget to go, Dan, you know, as we were planning vacations, this is a place that's it's very affordable for a family to go eat and have a very, very hearty meal. What's something that you enjoy when you go uh, well, every time we go, Jen and the boys always get Aunt Liz's fried chicken, but I am the Chaz of the group, and I'm getting the meatloaf every time. Love the meatloaf. <laughs> the meatloaf's solid. But even think, let's look at these prices real quick. Now, I enjoy Disney dining. Like, for me, that's, when I go to Disney, my day revolves around my ADR. Most of the time, whenever we go, like, let's say even we do, like, a Tepanito, you're looking at $50 per person. I mean, minimum. Yeah. You know, so for a family of three, in my case, I'm 150 in off the bat before drinks or anything like that. You can go get your cousin's meatloaf for $22. Yeah. And that comes with uh, roasted garlic mashed potatoes and hairy green beans. So you're <laughs> able to enjoy those. And I always, I always order them extra hairy, too. They're <laughs> oh, it's the, yeah, cost extra. 30 cents extra. Is there right any there. other way? I didn't know that was an other, I didn't realize it was um, an option. <laughs> Mike, when you go, look, this is a staple for your family. Whenever we were coming up with this episode, thought of you, and we, you know, I called you, and we were talking, and, man, this is, when I think 50s Prime Time, I think Mike, because I know how important it is for him. You know, we always talk about creating memories on the show. You've created a lot of memories with your family, your girls mm -hmm. there. Um, what do you guys eat, man, when you go? Uh, the kids get various things. Uh, they love mac and cheese, but the one and only thing I've ever had at this restaurant, and I, I've been there, I could, couldn't even count how many times I've been there, every single time I go, because it's been fantastic, every time I get it is the sampling of mom's favorite recipes, and it's just a little bit of everything, and it's a nice-sized portion, and that's my go-to every time I go. Uh, I like it. It's great. It's got a little bit of everything, and that's my go-to. I've never had anything else there. I've never gotten just a pot roast or just salmon. I've always gotten the sample platter. Yeah, and look, that, I mean, if you're looking at that, $27. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For all three of those things, plus fixins, you can't beat it. I that's mean, you the, just you can't. That's the most expensive thing on the menu. That's crazy. And it's it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's it's absolutely insane. Um, I so typically whenever I go, I do get the uh, the sampler. Uh, as well for mom's favorite recipes but i've also done the chicken pot pie and it is so good but dave it is one of those things man where you better if you get the chicken pot pie you better cut into it and wait seven minutes before you take your first bite because it is piping hot i mean like there is it's lava coming out of that chicken pot pie it is oh so all of the entrees coming out of that, <laughs> yeah. that are just right. designed to burn your mouth there so you my get. fantastic mother-in-law i love her to death her requirement for food is two things, okay? One, it has to be so hot that no one on earth should be able to touch it for a half hour, right? That's it. Okay. Two, it should only be seasoned with Mrs. Dash because that's the only <laughs> seasoning she ever uses for anything on planet Earth. 
Go ahead, Dave. What is Mrs. Um, can Dash? You explain, can you explain to the non-South <laughs> okay. Carolina person in no, this No, 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 it's not a South Carolina Kentucky, thing. This is all over Kentucky? the place. What? Oh, yeah, no, it's all over the place. Yeah, no. Mrs. Dash is a non-sodium substitute. They say, I'm doing seasoning in air quotations, that people say tastes good. It does not add anything of flavor to anything. <laughs> okay, if you have a jar of let me do everyone a favor right now, okay? Thousands of people listening. Right now, if you have a jar of Mrs. Dash, I'm going to tell you how to make it taste good, okay? Go in, grab it, unscrew the top, walk over, and dump it down the trash. <laughs> that is the best oh, way to make okay. your food taste better with Mrs. Dash. It's unseasoned okay, flakes. I've just, unseasoned I've just flakes. Googled it. Yeah. I'm taking a look. Uh, I'm, I, I've possibly seen it at some point, but I don't think I knew what it was. And it doesn't get a look in in my house because my wife is from Maryland, so we've already got a replacement with Old Bay. See? Yeah, we obey it all, too. Yeah, well, we obey it down here because we do all of our boils and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, man. Mrs. Look, if someone out there is a Mrs. Dash lover, we still love you, but it's terrible. Speaking of um, mother-in-laws, while you're singing the praises of yours, um, I think you need to try one of my mother-in-law's deviled eggs. I can't do it, man. Just and doesn't no, eat eggs at like, all. Just he one. doesn't eat eggs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ever. So I've I, been love, I, lo- I love deviled eggs, Dave, oh. so I'll, I'll take you like, up on that. I, dude, you, know, like, you should have my mother-in-laws because I'm not, I'm not a huge deviled eggs fan because I've had them not great previously but these things are rock star right. like i will eat like six of these just delicious i'm gonna put it out to the ddp family if you can come up with a way that i will enjoy eggs um <laughs> i will mail you some ddp swag okay <laughs> just i will try eggs. them i want to love eggs because they're inexpensive they're easy to make they're you know everyone likes them you do you know what i eat when i go to waffle house waffles what <laughs> I eat the ribeye or the T-bone because I can't eat because everything they sell comes with eggs, and I hate eggs. So, um, yeah, eggs, that's eggs it. So, anyway, you can't eat eggs anyway. anyway. Boiled, deviled, scrambled. Like Now we're just Bubba Gumping this thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, I, I don't like eggs, period. So anytime I see those, I'm like, I'm, I am solid. I do not need those in my life. So now we've taken a right turn. That's what we do. We take right, left turns. We get back on track. Let's talk desserts really quickly, guys. Look, for me, there's only one dessert here, and that is the peanut butter uh, and jelly milkshake. Mike, you agree? Oh, yeah, that's my favorite one. I look forward to that. I would book, I would book that just to get that peanut butter and jelly shake. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the only way to end... But they do have a dad's favorite chocolate peanut butter layered cake. That's right up my alley. I love chocolate, love peanut butter. Sounds like a Reese cup kind of on a cake. A traditional warm apple crisp, a lemon meringue pie, a grasshopper bar, which is mint white chocolate mousse with chocolate chips on a chocolate chip cookie top of whipped cream and chocolate chips. That's a lot of chocolate in one thing. Um, They do have a dad's favorite chocolate peanut butter layered cake, a la mode with ice cream, a traditional warm apple crisp, and a pineapple upside down cake. Uh, Dave, do you ever do dessert here? Um, so I'm not a huge dessert fan. Really? I didn't picture that. I figured you would be. Yeah. No, like, I, I can eat dessert. And, like, and here's the thing. If I'm going to, I'll have, like, um, like a bowl, like, a scoop of, like, vanilla ice cream or something like that. I'm not overly adventurous Not a sweets fan? I, I can, but it's not something I'm like, oh, my goodness, I have to have this or the meal isn't complete. Um, and in addition to that, 
I have a soapbox that I'm about to get hated for. Let's roll. I love this. You know, uh, you know, I love when I upset all. Nothing of, makes me happier than when everyone turns their anger from me to you. Wrap <laughs> <laughs> um, them up. Here we go. <sighs> I don't. I've never been able to get on board with the American infatuation with peanut butter. Oh my god! Uh, peanut butter, <laughs> peanut butter belongs on toast in the morning for breakfast. And that is the only circumstance under which I will eat it. Um, hold on, hold like, on, I, I can eat peanut butter. I, like, I'm not opposed to it. Like, you guys, I, I was going to say you ruin chocolate, but it's really terrible chocolate that you put it in. So um, it doesn't belong in candy. It doesn't belong in what about um, a Reese cup? milkshakes. Reese's <laughs> cups. Reese's. It's possessive. Come Whatever. on. <laughs> I'll do what I want. Uh, it's got Words. a possessive apostrophe. Um, nope, can't eat them. Not interested. Uh, so wait, hold on a me. second. Hold on a second. So a That's peanut butter terrible. jelly is just like Dan and I was just talking <laughs> yeah. today about at Halloween Horror Nights this year they have a fried peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and we're both gonna get it. Oh, I'm getting that. Got me in yeah. that one. Yeah, delicious. So that is just nope. not. What do you? So if you're hungry. In the middle of the day, there's no such thing as like, I think I'll have a PB&J or I think I'll have like a peanut butter. Like, so we also occasionally will like, we can have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's not unheard of in Australia. But for me growing up, like I never, I never ate PB&J. What's the thing butter. you guys eat in Australia though that's super weird? The um, Vegemite. Vegemite. That's it. it. it it is a it is a gift that we have bestowed upon the world, and um, and I will also not be taking any questions or comments. <laughs> this time. So if I put a thing a GIF in front of you, creamy, because if you eat crunchy peanut butter, get out of here. It's nonsense. Oh, stop it. Uh, you like crunchy no, see, peanut butter? Eat, Crunchy's good. Crunchy is the way to go. I can eat crunchy. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Oh, DDP family, back me on up on crunchy all the way. <laughs> no and way. I, Hold on. Even if I'm choosing between the two for the slim purposes that I do actually eat peanut butter, I'm choosing crunchy. <laughs> yes. What? Like you're you're choosing literally peanut butter without the peanuts. In it, it may like, be time the, to restructure the show. <laughs> <laughs> You've been saying that since the first episode I was here. <laughs> um, Very interesting, yeah, man. I I, I, Vegemite, yeah, I will so. gladly be Ted Lasso. And have an open jar of peanut butter sitting on the counter so I can just take a swipe every once in a while. I love peanut butter. Listen, every single day, <laughs> okay, I get up two two slices of bread. I take peanut butter only. I put it on there. I pack the lunch of my loved one, and I send her to the hospital to work, okay? <laughs> so, so just so you know, Katie eats a peanut butter sandwich with no jelly every time she's working. God bless oh, her. Okay. I yeah. can put peanut butter on anything. I love yes. peanut butter. Apples, celery, yep, hairy green beans, <laughs> all of it. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, I tell you what, it's it's it says something for the uh, you know for fifties prime time that we can get here. We can talk for an hour about it because of the importance it plays not only in Hollywood studios but in many people's Disney vacations throughout the years because it really is that spot to where you can go not only have a great meal at a great price with a great drink, but you can also create memories with those people you love, those people you're traveling with uh, that you will remember for years and years to come because of the amazing cast members that play the roles of your servers. And uh, it really is one of the best places that you can eat. And please, if you've never tried it, make sure to book it for your next Disney vacation. Uh, it really is awesome. 
You know, we talked about some of the fabulous desserts that we're going to be able to have there. And uh, now that I know Dave's hatred for peanut butter, uh, I want everyone to take a picture of their peanut butter dessert when you have them, when you get, when you get to go there and get your amazing <laughs> dessert. Take that picture, put it on our Facebook page, and I can guarantee you it's going to be one of my favorite picks of the week. And that brings me to my favorite thing every week, and that would be picks of the week. Picks of the week. Picks of the week. Picks of the week. All right, guys, you know this is my favorite time every week. And Dan, since it's such a great pleasure having you on this week, we love giving our guests their first shot. So what's your pick of the week? Uh, my pick of the week is going to go to Ryan Brady. He posted a picture uh, of his uh, his oldest starting kindergarten uh, and had all the story, Toy Story characters and, uh, I'm sorry, the Mickey characters, uh, kind of a la Toy Story. Uh Absolutely fantastic. That definitely is my pick of the week. Very good pick. Uh, Dave, what do you got for me? What's your pick of the week? Um, I'm, so I'm going like, I'm going to go with something that was shared on our Facebook group because uh, it's an amazing post. Uh, Katerina Dupre uh, shared a post um, from a a Disney cast member who had a special interaction um, in Walt Disney World. Uh, it's a tremendous little story, and I hope everybody has had a chance to look at it, laugh at it, uh, and enjoy it, because um, this particular cast member, and I actually have mutual friends with this person, uh, her daughter found a doll... <laughs> And the only word for it is a creepy doll at best <laughs> on a good day. Um, and at a Spirit Halloween store, um, she decided she loved it. It's got like, it looks like it's got, like it's all cracked across the face and it's got bright reddish eyes or maybe that's just the angle on one of it. Um, and like, but it's it's a weird looking doll. And then she... Um, and then she wanted to take that with her to Magic Kingdom, so they dressed it in an Elsa dress, and then because uh, her mom wanted to do something fun with it, they dressed her as if she was at the Haunted Mansion for the day. And so it's this amazing series of photos um, with this little girl rolling around carrying this creepy doll uh, to the Haunted Mansion, and it was wonderful. I'd seen it shared a couple of times, but I loved that it popped on Katarina's uh, to share with all of the DDP family. Um, so that is my uh, little bit left of center pick of the week. <laughs> Very cool. Great pictures in there. Justin, what do you got for me? What's your pick of the week? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, our good friend Bridget Talbot Williamson. Um, she was a galactic hero on her birthday. Happy, happy birthday. And uh, yeah, you rocked it out. All nines all across. I think you've been with my good buddy uh, Dave here one too many times in the parks to learn those amazing tricks. But awesome job. I absolutely love seeing you. Uh, rock that out. And happy, happy birthday, Bridget. Good. Uh, my pick of the week is going to go to Faith Richardson. And uh, I was talking about earlier those first day of school picks, and she threw one up there. And it was of her daughter going back to school. Uh, Space Mountain, great shirt. Very, very 70s kind of old school retro. Really, really like it a lot. Great pick. And uh, happy back to school time. That is absolutely amazing. Amazing picks this week, DDP family. I want to give us a quick update, okay? We're about an hour and 10 minutes into this episode. Here's what I want to tell you guys, okay? Right before I came on this episode, I went live in our patron group only, and I talked a little bit about how we were doing this fundraiser for Give Kids the World, and we were going to raise money, okay? In the amount of time from when I came on here, we have raised over $500 already, guys. We have passed that $500 mark. 
We are crushing it. Uh, I'm so excited that we're going to crush this 5,000 hour goal and we are going to send what I think is going to be multiple families to Disney. So I'm really excited about that. With that said, also, when they go to Disney, I hope they get to experience 50s primetime. I hope they get to go and they get to enjoy this. It is so, so important for families that they'll be able to go and create these memories at this amazing uh, restaurant and have this great food that for us as a family has been so uh, pleasant throughout the years. I really have enjoyed it. So, uh, guys, also, there is a link right beneath where you are listening. Click that link if you want to be a part of sending that family to Disney. Look, every penny counts, every single penny. So click that link right now. You can do that. You can also share that link with your friends, with your family, your coworkers, anybody you think would want to be a part of creating a memory for a family that really could use seven days away at Walt Disney World and the happiest place on earth. That is right there. If you want to help the show, look, do this. If you like the fact that we're trying to be the most positive place on the internet, go right now and give us five stars. Give us that virtual hug. It means the world to us. It helps us grow the show, reach more and more and more people. Guys, it's been so much fun tonight. We're going to close it up because on the patron side, we have a fun topic. We're going to talk about if you were in Walt Disney World for a year and you were at one resort and you could not leave, you had to leave, uh, live there, what resort would you choose and why? So until we get over there, guys, let's close this up. Dan, coming to you first. Uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight, buddy. It's always great to have you. We have an amazing trip coming up, Universal Unleashed Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, our Nights of Fear event is coming up September the 14th through the 18th. We will be down there doing not only Halloween Horror Nights, but also you know, uh, doing um, the uh, Halloween over at yeah. SeaWorld. Yeah, I've kind of gone brain dead there. <laughs> uh, too much stuff going on in the brain with fundraisers and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's going to be so much fun. I don't. Is there still rooms available, Dan? I don't there, know. Yeah, there are a few. I know they're they're very limited. Uh, you know, a lot of the rooms are sold out. But you know, hey, if there's if there's any interest, let us know. We can check to see what kind of availability. But hey, I I appreciate you guys having me on tonight. I just enjoy uh, jumping on the coattails of the DDP. I had a great time tonight, and I am looking forward to Patreon tonight. Dave, uh, I mean. I'm a little surprised because if this is Mike's favorite restaurant or way up on his personal list and one of his daughter's uh, outright favorite restaurant, I'm amazed it's taken this many episodes for us to do a deep dive into this. Uh, I'm glad I got to be here for it because uh, it is a truly remarkable experience and I still think that there is some credence to be given to the argument that we it might be a Disney character dining experience i'm just saying i'm not completely dissuaded from that i, I hear you i feel you and uh, i want to hear other opinions let's I, let's figure that out i appreciate that i'm just being heard and the ddp family can let us know what they <laughs> think too i think it is a character experience uh we will also, see really quickly really quickly i just want to clarify i don't hate peanut butter he hates peanut butter <laughs> okay. let's mute him let's mute <laughs> him quickly edit that out this is, hashtag this is I hates peanut butter he hates peanut butter we got it we got it figment peanut butter he hates those two things oh, uh, figment all, all the peanut butter in a figment jar imagine that of those two. Oh, come on. uh mike look when we talked about this this episode for me is is you uh in a nutshell is the fact that it is all american it is hearty it is lovable it is like true to form you're gonna get something you're going to get exactly what you expect out of your meal, and that is a great time. And, and Mike, you are one of those people that I think, you know, anybody that knows you personally, you are really the most loving person I know. And I think this restaurant gives you that experience, too. So, buddy, I'm going to give you closing words. This is a great, uh, great episode for you and your family and a great restaurant for you and your family. 
Yeah, it was. And it's one of those places, like I said, I've had many, many experiences there. It's something that I know my kids will cherish as a longtime memory. Uh, you know, there's certain things always stick out in your Disney vacations. And this is one of those things that's got that exclamation point that, you know, if, you, if I talk to my kids 20 years from now, that's one of the places that they'll remember because we have some really good core memories there. Um, and I'm, I listen, I'm glad you got to talk about it tonight. I'm glad I got to rehash some of those memories in my brain and bring up some of those fun times with my family. And um, I'm glad I got to spend some time with you guys, my family, you know, with Dave. And I'm especially happy that Dan got to be with us this week and of course you Justin so uh, my DDP family you guys that I got to record with and our DDP family listening tonight I hope you have a fantastic time at your dinner table tonight and uh, hopefully you have some good times with us too have a good one uh, look hashtag Harry Green Beans hashtag Dave Hates Peanut Butter hashtag let's raise a boatload of money for these kids alright DDP family have an amazing week spread some cheer make someone smile And until next time, we will see you real soon. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good night. Cheers. Have a good night. On behalf of the Disney Dads, we want to say thank you. We hope you find a little magic in your life every day, spread some Disney love, and keep moving forward. And they all lived happily ever after. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin, let the wonder And that's a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.